Hello and welcome back to a very special episode of The Next Podcast. We've got something a little bit different for you today because for the first time ever on Next Live, we had four consecutive sermons from four speakers, Niall, Taylor, Jade, and Shantae. This is going to be a little bit longer of an episode than usual, but I think you guys are going to love it. Let's jump right in. Just in this atmosphere, the presence of God, it's here. The atmosphere has changed. The King of glory has entered in. We have come in with praise and thanksgiving. We have lifted His name. Open up your hands and receive His love for you. Jesus, you're so worthy. You are so holy. Nothing and no one compares to you. You are the Alpha and you are the Omega. You know our end from the beginning. You are our great guider, our counselor, Holy Spirit, our comforter. As young people, as the next generation, we open ourselves to you tonight. We say do whatever it is that you need to do in our lives rip out the sin we choose your way Yahweh tonight he's telling someone I am that I am stop doubting me stop doubting my existence whatever it is that you need I am Whatever you need, you can find it in my word. You know, Jesus, He's so amazing. He gave His life freely, willingly, so that you would come back to Him. Because sin tore us apart from our Creator. But God had a plan. He sent His Son. If it was just for you, He would have done it. He loves you. You are His. And tonight He's asking you, will you be mine? Will you choose me? Tonight, will you choose Him? Young people, you've been going on rabbit trails for too long. Choosing every which way except His way. But tonight is your choice to make. Don't let tonight be the night that you run out of a choice. Choose Jesus. He is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. There's not many roads to Jesus. There's one way. It's through Him to the Father. There's not many ways to heaven. There is one way. There's not many ways to the Father, to eternal life, to everlasting fullness. There's one way. That's Jesus. So tonight, if I'm speaking to anyone under this anointing, in the 
presence of God. In fact, if you're not feeling the presence of God right now, I want you to get out of your comfort zone. I want you to stand up. I want you to get on your knees, get on your face, do what you have to do. Just be obedient. But say, Lord, I want to experience your presence. That is our habitat. That is supposed to be a natural way of living where we close our eyes. And because we are so connected to the Father because of what Jesus did, that everything else around us gets dim. And all it is is Jesus, you and I. And I can look into His eyes and I can see them burning for me. And I feel the atmosphere of heaven and everything is peace. Everything is joy. There's so much pleasure. There's so much fullness. If you don't experience that tonight, close your eyes and pray this prayer with me. Say this, Jesus, I'm coming back. I choose to be your child. I accept the price that you paid. Jesus, you died for me. You were beaten and bruised for me. But you rose again. And now you are seated at the right hand of the Father. And because I choose you, because I choose your way, I am seated there too. Tonight I choose to turn from any contrary way. I turn from evil. I turn from sin. I turn to Jesus in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, as I lift my hands, and I open my heart. You renew my spirit. Addiction falls off. Temptation is no more a thing. Unforgiveness departs. Hurt departs. Depression, anxiety leaves. In Jesus' name. Jesus, I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. I asked the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want me to speak about? What do you want me to say? And one scripture came to my mind. I actually started to cry. I can feel it right now. Hebrews 11 verse 5, and I want to read it from the Passion Translation. <laughs> I told the team this joke earlier. I said, if I disappear... It's because I've been translated while reading the scripture. <laughs> this is what the scripture says. He, Hebrews 11 verse 5 from the Passion Translation, it says, Faith lifted Enoch from this life. He was taken up into heaven. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from this world because God promoted him. For before he was translated to the heavenly realm, his life 
had become a pleasure to God. What happened to Enoch? He was walking with God, with God, walking with God, with God in communion. He was walking with God, with God. So much so that God decided to take him to heaven because Enoch was closer to him than he was to the earth. Enoch walked with God and it pleased God so much that God just took him. Have you ever wondered, Lord, how can I please you? What is it that I have to do? What changes do I have to make in my life? Why do I keep messing up? God says, Hebrews 11 verse 6, the very next verse, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, if we read the, the story of Enoch, it's like a couple of verses. He wasn't known for something great that he did. He wasn't this mighty man of faith like Abraham was or Noah was. He didn't build an ark. He didn't have kids when he was super old. I mean, he was super old, but he didn't have any contrary issues around him having kids. The only thing that caused him to be in the great hallmark chapter of faith was that he pleased God. What is faith? Faith is living the Bible. It is taking God at His word. It is saying, Lord, what are you telling me? I'm going to do this. Because I believe your word more than I believe any circumstances. More than I believe what's going on around me. That is what pleases God. And you know what the other amazing thing is? Sometimes we look at this faith as, as, as a giant because, yes, we know this great man of God that walk by faith, that we know someone from church, and they get all these things by faith, and young people are looking at old people, testifying that their faith got them this car and this house and this business. And we're like, all I'm trying to have faith for is that I get an A, that I pass. But you know what faith is? Faith is being so connected with Jesus. Faith is being so connected with Jesus that whatever He says, we obey. That's what pleases God. That's what faith is. And faith, connecting with Jesus, Relationshiping, I know that's not a word, but now it's a word tonight. Relationshiping with Jesus is as easy as taking a walk. Young people, we're trying to figure out how we can stop sleeping with our partners. We're trying to figure out how we're still going to tithe when we get so little money anyway. We're figuring out how we're not going to drink. I've just got invited to this party. Stop focusing on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do. You can walk. Can everyone walk? Can everyone walk? Let's walk with Jesus. What does walking take? One step at a time. One step at a time. 
one step at a time, one moment in His presence at a time, one encounter at a time, one word at a time, one word of obedience. Yes, Lord, I'll do that. Okay, Lord, what you want me to do? Man, that's very hard, but you know what? This is going to be a big step, but I'm going to take it, Lord, one day at a time, one minute at a time, because Jesus, I want to please you. Noah walked with God, and it pleased God so much that Enoch, sorry, Enoch was no more. Now, I'm not saying we're all going to get translated tonight. But what I am hoping for, believing for, especially after this decision that we made tonight, is that we will walk with Jesus. Jesus paid the price. He did it all for us. He gave everything to us on a silver platter. How can I say that? The Bible tells us, in Philippians 3 verse 9, be found in Him, not having your own righteousness, but having a righteousness which is through the faith of Jesus. You know, we don't even have to get our own. We don't even have to go and strive and pay for our own. No, Jesus comes to reside on the inside of us by His Spirit, and we just operate by His faith. When you are connected with Jesus, you know when you have a friend and you know them, you know what they're going to say next, you know how they're going to react if you do something, do you know Jesus like that? You know how you can predict the future or predict what someone else is going to do next because you know them so well? Do you know Jesus like that? Because if you did, by knowing the Word, it tells us that it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So Lord, whatever step I take next, I do it because you tell me what to do. Just like Jesus said, when He walked this earth, I do nothing except what I see my Father do. I say nothing except what I hear Him do. Our lives need to represent Christ when that happens, young people, old people, we live lives pleasing to God and we live lives accepting the fullness that He has for us. When you, when you are pleasing God, when you are in His will, sickness cannot attach itself to you and win. Poverty cannot be a part of your life. Depression and anxiety, failure, mediocrity. It cannot be a part of your life because you've got a greater source living on the inside of you, a greater power. But the question is, are you connected? Are you walking with Jesus? Because if you're not walking, it's very easy to get swayed by all of these things. Ask Him, Lord, what is it that I have to do to fully please you? How would you like me to walk? What decisions do I have to make to fully allow you to live this life pleasing to you? How many of you have said to a person, you know, God has a wonderful plan and purpose for your life? How many of you have said that when encountering someone? 
many of us have. It is a great, a great conversation starter, I can say, when you want to speak to someone about Jesus, when you want to introduce them, when you want to share the gospel with them. But the thing is, I find we can become so familiar with saying that when that statement, that sentence carries so much weight and power because truly Jesus died so that we can walk in purpose. Jesus went to the cross so we can live a life of fullness, so we can walk out and walk in everything that He paid the ultimate price for. And just as Shantae shared, it's that process. It's walking with Him every single day. And at the start of this week, I'm sure like many of us, you'll hear us say, when we were asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to share with your people? I kept hearing the word anointed. He said, tell my children, remind my children that I have anointed them. Because you have been anointed by God to do something. Not to just sit but to actually do something. In that process, in that walk with God, you are doing something. So I want you, if you've got your Bibles with you on your phone, I want you to go to 1 John 2 verse 27. And I'm reading from the Amplified. I want you to highlight the scripture. I want you to underline it. But I need you to hear this tonight. 1 John 2 verse 27 in the Amplified says, As for you, the anointing, the special gift, the preparation which you received from him remains permanently in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you. But just as his anointing teaches you, giving you insight through the presence of the Holy Spirit about all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as His anointing has taught you, you must remain in Him, being rooted in Him, knit to Him. So as I've started off reading this portion of Scripture, as it says in the beginning, what does it come down to? All of these things come down to knowing Jesus, being connected to Him, being knit to Him, being so close in fellowship, in communion with Him. But He has anointed you to do something. You have that special gift. You have that preparation so you can go out and do something. I love what Pastor Joey Miller says. She says, you are anointed to do hard things. How many of you, you've received maybe a little glimpse into your future. God has given you vision. God has shown you purpose, what He's placed inside of you, what He's asked you to do. And it has terrified you because that's been me. And it still is. He shows me something and I'm terrified at what he's telling me. But you know what? He's given you that assignment. He's placed that thing in front of you for you to see because he's placed something on the inside of you because you can do it. You have been anointed to do that which he's called you to do. Don't shy away. Don't back down. You need to run even faster ahead because you know that you've been anointed to do exactly what He's called you to do, what He's placed on the inside of you. You've been anointed to do something, but I quickly want to go to this. Anointing versus gifting. Because I think, especially in our generation, it gets a bit confused sometimes. We need to know that there's a difference. 
You see, gifting, we, we all gifted in certain things, in arts, in music, in speaking. You can be gifted at preaching, but you know gift, what gifting does? Gifting entertains people. Gifting stirs people up. But you know what the anointing does? The anointing changes things. That's what the anointing does. Let's look at our band, our vocalists. They are gifted at singing. You are gifted at playing that musical instrument. But you know the difference? They are also anointed by God. So when that praise goes out, when that worship goes out, it doesn't just entertain you. It doesn't just stir you up, but it changes you as well. Because as the anointing goes out, it is something from God. It has to change things. That's what the anointing does. Because Isaiah 10 verse 27 says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. It's the anointing that changes things. It's the anointing that breaks that yoke of bondage. The praise is what brings the walls down, but it does so with the anointing that is from God. And we need to know in our generation, this next generation, I'm going to keep emphasizing that, that we need to make priority of the anointing over the gifting. Because you know what? You can show off as much as you like. You can say whatever you like. You can say with your opinions. You can speak it with your feelings. But is what you're saying, is what you're doing when other people are around, is it just entertaining them? Or is it changing them? Because what is repentance? Repentance is change. Are you bringing people to the knowledge of Jesus? Because it's the anointing that changes things. Repentance is what changes things. It's a turning away and it's focusing on what God has called you to do. Because we can continue to say we are the next generation. It's a cool thing to say. It's fun to say. But are we doing something? Are we actively walking in this thing that God has given us, bringing people to change? You are anointed for something and to do something, but you need to understand that there's a process. And I love, there's no better person to speak about regarding this but David. We all know about David. David was a shepherd boy. And God told the prophet to go to Jesse David's father, because he had David in mind. So Samuel the prophet goes to Jesse. And Jesse, what does he do? He lines all of his sons up in front of him. And Samuel says, okay, God goes to each one. God says, not that one, not that one, not that one. And he went through all of his sons. And Samuel says to Jesse, do you have another son? And Jesse says, yes, there's David, but he's out in the field. But, but look at this son. He's got really great hair. Or this one, he can speak really well. Or this one's really strong. And what did God say? It's neither of them. It's none of them. There is another one. And who was it? It was David. The boy that was in the field. The boy that wasn't even regarded as an option by his father. It was him. And we read in 1 Samuel 16, verse 13, it says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. 
And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Because as I was saying about the brothers, you could see it wasn't about outward appearance, but it was about who God chose. It was about who God has anointed. And He has anointed every single one of you because He has chosen every single one of you. He's called you out to be His children. He's called you out so you can be in fellowship with Him, so you can have this relationship with Him. So reading that scripture, we see that Samuel anointed David with oil. It was an outward presentation of what took place on the inside. And David was anointed. He was set apart. And God knew him. God knew him out in the field. God knew him when he was standing in front of Goliath. God knew him when he went through all those things that he did with Saul. Throughout his life, God knew him. But from the beginning, he had called him out. He had chosen him. He had anointed him. And he knew that he had something to do. He knew he had purpose. But you know what? There was still a process. There was still a process you had to do. And just as Shantae shared, this walk with God, this walk with Jesus, there's something you do every single step of the way. There's a process. It doesn't just stop right here. It doesn't start and finish right here. With David, when Samuel brought him in, it didn't stop there. There was a process. We see through the life of David, but God had equipped him. God had prepared him for everything that he did throughout his life. God knows you. And it doesn't matter what people have said. It doesn't matter the opinions of man, the feelings of other people, what they say about you. Because when you know you are anointed, when you know that you are chosen by God, when you know that you can go out and what you say, what you do, the anointing goes with you, the presence of God goes with you because you are walking so closely with Jesus. It doesn't matter what people say because it's not about you. It's not about what people see on the outside. It's not about what your own words will say when they come up because it'll be the words of Jesus because we speak His Word. We are here. We are alive to represent Christ. So with what we're doing, what did Jesus do? Everywhere Jesus walked, He changed things. He healed people. Demons had to flee when Jesus came, when he walked in the room. And that is the same for every single one of you. Because he's placed that on the inside of you. You have power. You have authority to do just as he did. That's what he's given you. That special gift. That preparation. So when you just know that this is what has been placed on the inside of you. That you can go around and bring change wherever you go that people come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ because it's what you carry, because you are walking so closely with the Father. And He has prepared you. In that step, it's preparation. It's a process. Just as David stood in front of Goliath, it was a process. He defeated him and his life carried on. There were even greater obstacles, but it started with God anointing him, with God choosing him. And just like God chose him, just like David had to make that decision, all of you who said that salvation prayer, who accepted Jesus, 
that was the first choice you made to accept Jesus, to say, God, I want to walk so close with you. And now you know that you have purpose, that there's a plan that God has for you, that there's something for you to do. And He has equipped you. He has anointed you to do what He has placed on the inside of you. And He will reveal it to you. You ask God, what is my purpose? What is this thing you've placed on the inside of me? I now know that I have the ability to do it, but what is it? He wants to reveal it to you. He wants to show you because He wants to see you living in that fulfillment, walking in that purpose, because that's when you bring Him glory. As He sees you doing what He's called you to do, then He says, my child, you are walking in that. You are walking in that anointing. And when you walk into a room, things have to change. They cannot stay the same. And we are that generation, that next generation. Doesn't even matter your age. We keep saying the next generation, but it doesn't matter your age. Because God doesn't put an age on things. You can be 95 and walking in your purpose. God revealing something for you to do and you go and do it because He's empowered you. You can be 13 sitting here not knowing what lies ahead of you. He can reveal it to you right now. You don't have to spend your life wondering, being confused. Challenges will come up. Things will arise. But when you know that you've been anointed, when you know that God has a plan for you, when you have the power and the authority and the confidence to walk in what He has called you to do, things change. You cannot stay the same and those around you cannot stay the same either. God knows you. And I want you to hear this. God's plan for your life far exceeds the circumstances of your day. We can get so confused and drawn away and just distracted by things that are happening around us, by things that pop up, feelings, opinions of people like I've mentioned. But when you know that His plan for your life, that wonderful purpose, it far exceeds it. It far outweighs anything that the world is trying to throw at you. Anything that man is trying to do to you. It far outweighs it. Because His way is higher. His plan is greater for your life. It doesn't matter what man says, doesn't matter the opinions of people. When you walk in so close to Jesus, nothing else matters. Because what is your focus? The one who's walking right next to you because he is all you need. And he will give you everything you need. Seek first the kingdom. Seek God. And then all these things will be added. What's first things first? Seek the kingdom. Walk with Jesus every single day. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with great power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. I want you to put your name in that scripture. How God anointed you with the Holy Spirit and with great power and how you go around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God is with you. 
You're not doing it by yourself. There's no way you can do this by yourself. There's no way. You have to be so close to the Father. You have to be walking in the very steps of Jesus, doing just as He did. But you can only heal the sick with Him in His name. He's given us the name above every other name, the name of Jesus. And with that, sickness has to leave. At the name of Jesus, demons has to flee. Not at your name, not at the name of Taylor, not at the name of Nal, not at the name of Shante or Jade, but at the name of Jesus. And He's given every single one of you that great name. But you need to be walking so close with Him so you can walk out this plan, so you can walk out this purpose and know that He is the one who has anointed you, just as He anointed Jesus. Speaking about Jesus, everything that you've just heard, it comes down to what Jesus first did for you. Coming back to first things first, what did Jesus do? He died for you. He died for you so you can have a life so you can walk in his fullness so you don't have to bother about sickness it doesn't even have to be in your mind because you know that by his stripes you are healed because of what he did you can live in blessing you can live in abundance you can live and walk in his perfect plan and purpose for your life you are whole he wants you to live whole, not half, not three-quarter, not a little bit sick or a little bit with anxiety and stress and depression. No, you are whole. If, when He says you are whole, that means nothing, nothing can have place in your life because it's Him. It's all about Him. Your past cannot hang on to you when you walk in His divine plan and purpose. It has no part to play in that. It's got nothing to do with that. It's all about what He has now set before you. What He has prepared for you. Thank you, Jesus. We are living in a season, in a time that demands radical boldness that demands you to know more than ever before who you are in Christ Jesus. At home right now, I want you to turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1. The Bible reads in the Amplified Classic and it says, The wicked flee when no man pursues them. <laughs> but listen to this. And this is your cue to say that's me. But the uncompromisingly righteous. <laughs> you can do better than that. <laughs> Hosts, you can do better than that. <laughs> but the uncompromisingly righteous are as bold as a lion. As I said it before and I'll say it again. We are living in a season, we are living in a time that demands radical boldness. Now you may say, Jade, what does that mean? That means that you, it's, there is no time to be ashamed of the gospel. Let me say that again. This is not a time to be ashamed of being a Christian. This is not a time for you to, you know, say, you know, one day I'm a Christian. One day when I feel like I'm not a Christian, I'm just going to put it on hold. This is the time to be top tier for Jesus. 
This is the time for you to be bold on the things of God and in the things of God. You see, the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1, that it is only the wicked that run when no man pursues them. In other words, when nothing is chasing you, but you're running, you're paranoid, you're concerned, you're worried everywhere you look, every, you, you, you don't even know this. You, you, you say stuff like there's skeletons in my closet. My past is trying to chase up to me, but actually there's nobody chasing you. You see, the reality is this, that when you know who you are in Christ by the word of God, when you choose to believe God's word, to who, the truth of God's word, you're bold and you're tenacious. You're unashamed. See, Paul writes and he says, I'm, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. A scripture that comes to mind, Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Peter and John just heal a lame man. I'll give you some context. Peter says to this man outside the gate, he says, the guy asks him, hey man, do you have any, do you have any coins for me, please? Man, I just, I just want to rant, please just give me something. Peter says to him, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have in the name of Jesus. You see, we spoke about that name. That name that's above every other name. That at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow. That means if sickness has a knee, if cancer, have, if, if cancer has a name, depression has a name, anxiety has a name, it has to bow to the name of Jesus. You know why? Because it's the name above every other name. You see, I want you to know today that whatever limitation you've placed on yourself, as Taylor rightfully spoke about the anointing, you've been anointed to destroy the works of the devil. But that has to come with the reality of knowing who you are in Christ by the word of God. You see, tonight as you raise your hands, you place the demand on the very anointing that was in this room, saying, Lord, here I am. Use me. Because obviously having healed this man, it stirred the religious leaders of the time. It, it caused a stir. It upset people. It upsets people when you're bold. You see, so many times as believers, we, 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 we feel bad for outgrowing the people that had an opportunity to grow with us. You see, when God works in your life, you cannot feel bad for that friend of yours. You're to love them and you're to show them the way. You see, Acts chapter 4 verse 13, the Bible says this, and you can read it for yourself. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they had recognized that there was something different about Peter and John. You see, tonight you're being marked. Again, it's not by coincidence that you're in this place. You're sitting in your home right now. You're marked by the fire of God. You see that, that, that man that was on the ground, that was lame? Peter and John could have just said, you know what, man? Next time we'll come around. How many have ever said that? You've walked past that lame person. You, you, you negated the opportunity to do something. You see, you've been anointed to destroy the works of the devil. But you will never walk and live in that reality unless you know who you are in Christ because that's what makes you bold. Acts chapter 4 verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, the Bible says that those religious leaders, they marveled. They were shook. <laughs> in simple terms, they were shook. How could they do this? Really? Surely? How is this possible? They had seen something that they'd not seen before. 
And the Bible, I, lo I love the Bible because various translations, it's interesting how they translate it differently. The translations say that they had, they had, the religious leaders perceived that they had been with Jesus. Go and check it out for yourself. The religious leaders perceived that Peter and John had been with Jesus. Have you been with Jesus, child of God? Have you spent those intimate moments so acquainted that when an opportunity comes, when there's a lame man, when cancer tries to get into your family and depression tries to plague your mind and suicidal thoughts try to grip you, have you been with Jesus? You see, the religious council wanted to sort them out, Peter and John. How could they do this? You see, when you know and you've been with Jesus, it doesn't matter what your critics say because people will always criticize what they cannot produce themselves. See, this is the hour that calls for radical boldness. And right now, I want you to declare this. Say, today, I declare that I have a radical boldness for the things of God because I am with Jesus. Another scripture, 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, as He is, not as He was, not as He will be, as He is. Everybody say that right now. As He is. So am I in this world. You're at home right now and you're listening and you say, but Jade, you don't know what I've been through. Jade, I'm, I'm sitting here tonight and I don't know what, what you, you don't even know my family. You don't know where I come from. I may not know where you come from, but when you made a decision to follow Jesus as he is right now in all power, in all authority, in all victory, so are you in this world. But you see, Peter and John, Again, they could have said, you know what? Next time, buddy. <laughs> next time, eh? All right, see you next time. Cheers. They could have said, you know what? It's, it's, uh, now's not the time. Now's not the season. You know, just wait for your healing. Peter and John were bold enough. They were bold enough to say, you know, in spite of the critics, in spite of what people will say about me, in spite of what people will think about me, in spite of what everyone else is doing, we're going to live to please God. We're going to live to do the will of the Father. You see, when you're busy doing the will of the Father, you cannot be distracted by the opinions of man. Let me say that again. When you are doing the will of God, you cannot be distracted by the opinions of man. But the question is this, are you in the will of God? So you may be sitting here tonight and you've come in confused. You say, Jade, this message is hell up. It's next level. You're listening and you're like, Jade, this, this word is just over my head. Am I ever going to be good enough? Let me tell you, you are good enough. You're just right for God to use. Are you willing and obedient to do the will? I want you to write these three keys down. To boldness. Three keys. Three keys to boldness. The first one is this, uncompromisingly in right standing with God. Uncompromisingly in right standing with God. 
What does that mean? That in spite of how I feel, in spite of what they've said, in spite of what may be going through me right now, in spite of my girlfriend or my boyfriend, in spite of what is happening in the world, I'm going to choose to live for God. You see, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 says this. It says, be ye holy, not be ye lit, for I am lit. It's interesting how we bring a worldly spin on the gospel. Be ye lit, for I am lit. When you're filled with the fire of God, you don't need to be lit. You, are, you become supernaturally on fire. Hallelujah. The Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy. What does that mean? Even right now, you feeling stuff on the inside of you where you know, hey, I've got to change my life. You have got to change your life. No one can change your life for you. So that key again, uncompromisingly in right standing with God. You're not moved. You're not shaken. I refuse to be shaken by what my friends are saying. I refuse to be shaken by what culture is saying. You know, there are many distractions in culture today. There's agendas after agenda after agenda. LGBTQF, ABCD, ZZZ, whatever else. All sorts of wicked agendas that are trying to distract you, that are causing you not to be bold for the things of God. The second key is this, the Word of God. You need to place an urgency of the word of, on the Word of God. See, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, that if you shall diligently meditate upon this word day and night and have it not depart from your mouth and observe to do, not just observe. Because I'll be, I'll be honest with you, when I was, you know, I was still a young Christian, I used to observe the word. In fact, the word would gather dust on my table. And I'd look at it and be like, oh God, this word doesn't work. Because I'm observing and I'm obeying one part of the scripture. The Bible says observe to do all that is written in it all that is written in it the third key is this three keys to boldness the last one is this active engagement of the word active engagement of the word that means simply put faith without works is dead let me say that again seems like there's a lot of dead people faith without works is dead so if God's word says, hey, right now, you have been anointed, you have been appointed by God in, for such a time as this, that means that you need to do something with what you have. And even right now, you could be sitting and you're saying, but you're, I don't really know if I have much. It's not about how much you have. It's about who you have. <laughs> it's not about how much you have. It's about who you have. For you have Jesus, the same spirit. Listen to this. The self-same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. That means you have resurrection power living on the inside of you. In your homes right now, resurrection power is on the inside of you. But again, that will never be your reality if you don't choose to focus on that. I want everybody to bow their heads in this place. Those of you at home as well, we declare that we are blessed and we will boldly be a blessing to our generation financially spiritually in every single capacity that you've empowered us to be bold we will be bold in Jesus name Amen
We've got a few moments left with every single one of you. So just stay in this atmosphere right now. Even in this venue, you can slowly take your seat. If you want to stand, you can stand. All of you that are at home right now, just stay in this atmosphere because the word has come forth with such power tonight. And I believe that even God right now, by His Spirit, He's moving tonight and He's touching people in this venue and He's touching people at home. We must recognize something very important that God has done everything that God needs to do. He's done everything He needs to do. He's made everything available to us. And He has called us in this final hour of time to carry it. He has called us to be carriers of the answer. I see God is touching people right now. I see the presence of the Lord resting upon so many people in this venue. You at home, every person that's on Zoom, I see the presence of God is resting upon you. We must recognize something so important that we are being called by God in this final moment of time to carry the answer. Say this with your mouth in this venue and at home. I carry the answer. That's not good enough. I carry the answer. Say it with your mouth so that you can believe it. I carry the answer. In Jesus' name. You know, sometimes you need to declare these things with your mouth so that the devil can hear it come out of your lips. So that he can hear that, man, this one knows what they carry. See, when you recognize something that when you begin to walk in communion with God, as Shantae shared, and as you begin to realize that God doesn't anoint me by accident like what Taylor was teaching, and as you recognize what Jade was sharing, that boldness begins to flow from you when you've been with Jesus, everything about you begins to change. The way that you walk begins to change. The way that you talk begins to change. The way that you carry yourself begins to change. The way that you act begins to change. I can't be like everybody else when I recognize that I have the same spirit on the inside of me right now that rose Jesus from the dead. How can I be like everybody else? Why would I want to fit in with the crowd when I've been called to stand out and declare God is alive and He lives forevermore? You have been anointed in this hour. God doesn't anoint you by accident. He anoints you with a purpose and a plan in mind. Every person in this venue, I don't care what your age is, every crew member, you have an anointing upon your life. Every person watching me on TV, you are anointed, not by accident, but to carry out that which God has called you to do. You know, something I realized this week or something that came and just resonated with me again is that I carry the answer to what my generation is longing for. I carry the very gift that every person out there that doesn't know Jesus is longing for. You know, when God spoke this word to my heart to share, He said to me, tell my people that they are called to carry. And the crazy thing is, I shared this earlier today with some of the staff members, but when God spoke this word to my heart, I was thinking, okay, that sounds really awesome, called to carry, that's, that's very catchy, you know? It's quite cool. But I struggled to pen down what I didn't know what he was wanting me to do. And God said something to me. He said, go outside now. And I wasn't even sitting at my own desk. I was sitting at one of my friend's desks. And God told me, get up and go outside. So I said, all right. I went outside of this very building, this church building. And I said, God, you, you, I'm called to carry, but what are you telling me to do? And he said, begin to walk. And as I began to walk, I took 
five steps from this very place where the great faith dome is. This very place where we preach the gospel. This very place where we come to and we experience God on, on such an amazing level and, and we experience the moving of the Spirit of God. But you know what's crazy is I took six steps and God said to me, go speak to that man. And there was a man standing by a gate because the gate had broken. So he was paid that day just to stand there and watch the gate so that nobody could come in or come out. And God told me, go speak to that man. And as I began to speak to this man, and I, I didn't really know what the Lord wanted me to do, but I was guessing he wanted me to tell him about Jesus. And I began to speak to this man. I said, have you ever heard about Jesus? The man had never heard the gospel. He didn't even know there was a Jesus. He never heard that I can go to heaven. I don't have to live the life I'm living. I can actually go to heaven. I can, what is this? And I, be, I had the opportunity to preach the gospel to him. I had the opportunity to share Jesus. <laughs> this man was but five steps from this establishment, but he had never heard the gospel. He had never heard Jesus came to die for you. And not only did he take your sin and your sickness upon his body, but he rose again. This man had never heard it. And I began to preach the gospel to him and tell him about Jesus and everything about him began to change. My God, there's someone who, there's a God who loves me in heaven. I don't have to live the life that I'm living right now. He wasn't married, he's got a little girl. His name was Michael. He's got a baby girl and he doesn't have a wife. He was watching a gate as a living. And I said to him, sir, do you want to accept Jesus? And he received the Lord. And he confessed his sin and he, he repented and he, he received God. And I said to him, sir, where you are today, this time next year, you won't be in the same place. God will take you to the next level in Jesus' name. You know what's funny? As he received Jesus, five steps from a church building, never heard the gospel. As he received the free gift of salvation for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ received Jesus and as he received Jesus the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of unrighteousness as he received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior the words flew out of his mouth I'm an alcoholic that's the Holy Ghost and God delivered him right then and right there and he's coming to church on Sunday never been to church before didn't understand why there's a church what I want you to understand, every person that's in this room, every person that's at home, is that you carry the gift of God. In earthen vessels, you carry His power. You carry the solution. You carry that very Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. See, I made up my mind, I don't give a rat's about popularity. I want the power of God. Popularity is here today, gone tomorrow. But the power is what brings about the change. The same people that celebrated Jesus were the same ones that were shouting crucify Him. Popularity, smopularity. Who cares about being popular? I care about the power of God. 
You want to be a game changer at school? You want to be a game changer at university? Get the power of God on the inside of you and lay hands upon the sick and see them recover. Lay hands upon people and see demons flee. You want to be a game changer? You want to see fire fall? You want to see revival? Get into revival. I don't want you to feel I'm shouting at you guys, but there's something that burns in my heart because as I ministered to this man, when I went home, I didn't even tell my wife about it. This is the first time she's actually hearing this testimony. But I went into the shower and I began to cry. So often we become preoccupied with our life, with our goals, with everything I want to do. But Jesus has called us to go ye therefore into all the world, not to be like the world, but to be anointed, to lay hands upon the sick and see them recover, to win the loss at any cost. I'm not going into all the world to be like the world. Glory to God. Say this with your mouth and you at home and in this venue. I'm called to go into the world to bring about change, to see the lost saved, to see the sick healed. I will stretch forth my hands and they shall recover because I am anointed, I am appointed, I am empowered, I am set apart, I am born for such a time as this and I shall see it come to pass in Jesus' name, amen. See, we won't see revival until we determine in our hearts to get into revival. I've made up my mind I'm going to win souls for Jesus. And this man gave his life to the Lord and his life was transformed in a mere moment. And just as Peter and John, as Jade was sharing, if they just walked past that man, he would have had no other hope. He probably would have still been there two years later in the same state. But Peter said something, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have. Say this with your mouth, I have it. You might not have silver and gold right now, but you've got something greater. And it's the name that's above every name. It's the spirit that's greater than any other spirit. And it dwells on the inside of you. Don't you know that ye are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And ye shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might. And the Holy Spirit rests upon you. The Holy Ghost doesn't come upon you just for fun, or just to chill, or just to relax. The Holy Ghost comes upon you to see lives changed, to see nations shaken, to see the sick healed, to see the blind see, to see the deaf hear. Say this with your mouth, you at home, you on Zoom and you in the venue. I am called to carry the solution. You can't act like everybody else when you recognize the power that's on the inside of you. You can't talk like everybody else. When it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Next. Be sure before you go anywhere to follow us at the nxt.tv on Instagram, Facebook, any other social media that we're on. Make sure that you listen to the podcast and download on all audio platforms, and you can also listen on Faith Now. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Hey.